0: Please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Lenny. And I'm Matt. <laughs>
1: we were having a good old conversation before we started. Yes.
0: And Matt couldn't resist, like, he, he was having to hold. I told him to, to hold it in because I have to edit stuff out. Hmm. But
1: that's just going to make me laugh more.
0: He, he did good. He held it in.
1: I tried until I said, hi, I'm Matt. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So,
1: anyway, so, here we are. Yeah. Had
0: a had a had a busy week and a freaking busier ass weekend again
1: yeah it was a great weekend though it w- it goes by too fast just like they've, everybody else's I'm sure well
0: they've all been great weekends but like last weekend really threw us off because matt's mom and stepdad made a surprise weekend trip up here uh-huh. we were expecting them for lunch right. one afternoon mm. which isn't a big deal right like we we can still get everything done that we had planned to do and but surprise, all weekend,
1: all weekend long, all
0: weekend. Left on Monday. Yep. So we took
1: a little jaunt down to Crabtown in Oklahoma City. Give oh a little shout my gosh, out.
0: It was so good. It was pretty good. It was so good. Yeah. I a, I haven't had crab legs in forever.
1: Good for a, a landlocked state to have that. Yeah.
0: It was good. I was impressed. Their seafood taste tasted fresh. It was good. It was good.
1: Yep. And then we went and hung out at the. RV, well, the campground, because my yeah. mom and and stepdad got an RV or camper trailer this time. They did have an RV, but mm-hmm. then they sold that, but they got this camper, which was cool. Yeah, it was
0: nice. It was nice. Mm. Matt's stepdad cooked us some <laughs> enchil- don't, enchiladas. Don't, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> enchiladas over the open fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was... That was an experiment. It was an experience. And experience all in the same. <laughs> and and um, we, we ate burnt enchiladas. <laughs> bless, yeah. Bless his little bless his little heart. Bless his little heart. It was good though. It
0: it it would have probably been really good, really good if you could get past the burnt flavor.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: No, I love him. He he did he did try he really tried, hard. He did, he did.
1: He did try hard.
0: And we we had a good weekend, but yeah. and then
1: we hung out and watched some Cowboys football last and both weekends, of course, and we won and both we won. weekends.
0: Yep, so that's good. But I'm sad to say that this past weekend, the Red River rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma, my poor Sooners lost. Can you really say? Can you bad. say
1: say it? Red River Rivalry, <laughs> passed three times.
0: Red River Rivalry, Red River Rivalry, Red River. <laughs> nope, I lost.
1: I couldn't do it either. Yeah, yeah.
0: So my Sooners didn't only lose to Texas this year. We didn't even play. It was like forty-nine to nothing. Yeah,
1: we didn't even give them a game.
0: We we got. They
1: should be mad that they didn't have some competition,
0: <laughs> right? Seriously, Texas had no competition this yeah. year. It was it was. It was sad. It was a little embarrassing for us fans, and and I am a true fan. Don't get me wrong. I've been a sooner since I was born, but oh my gosh, did we did we just get it handed to us this weekend? It was mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. We've lost the last three games in a row. Mm-hmm. It is a bad bad season. But I'm hey, I'm sad.
1: Shout out to the Red Dirt Jeep Club.
0: Oh yeah, we did. We joined we joined a Jeep Club, and we went. We yeah. went to a meet and greet, we
1: went to the meet and greet, hung out for a little bit, went to a four by four show that they were doing for a good cause. They were raising yeah, funds. Yeah, I'm
0: wearing my t-shirt today. Yeah.
1: So it was, it was
0: cool. It, it was neat seeing all of the Jeeps out there and stuff. And I decided I, so right now my Jeep's name is Foxy Roxy. I have decided I'm going to change her name to White Walker because she's a white Jeep with like this ice blue color. It's, it's really pretty. But I, I I love Game of Thrones, so I think I'm gonna
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna change it up. Yeah, Foxy so.
1: Roxy's cool. The I love The White it. Walker theme will be pretty sweet. It
0: will, because I can do a whole White Walker mural on the side of my Jeep, and it's gonna be fun. I am really looking forward to getting this getting this going, right. And talking to some people who can do the graphics good. So heck yeah, yeah. And I love how you changed the the conversation from the sad loss to fun stuff.
1: Of course, because we got to talk about some, you know, horrible things here. And we got to keep it light at the beginning so we can just be Debbie Downer, you know, afterwards.
0: All right. Well, speaking of Debbie Downing it, um, this might be a slightly shorter than usual episode. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But I do want to say that for this one, it might be hard to listen to. So if you're out there and... And well, let me, let me just angel makers. This is what this is. It's over an angel maker and they're known to be baby murderers, which is why they call them angel makers. Cause what baby in the world is anything but an angel, right? Sure. So this particular woman is an infant murderer. So if you don't want to listen, that's okay. But I want to be sure I give you a heads up. I don't want to focus. I don't, I don't focus on the babies in this. I focus on the murderer herself. Because I can't stomach anything to do with the details of a child's death like that. Um, so I did avoid including too much detail on that. But with that being said, we are we are gonna talk about a baby murderer. So if you don't want to listen, you can just turn this episode off and skip it altogether. But with that being said, let's jump across the pond and go visit England this week.
1: All right, Mike. <laughs> no, Was baby. That no, that, I think that wasn't
0: I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't even want to insult Australia by saying it was Australia. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, that was just a sick, twisted American version of something. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So this week we're talking about the angel maker, Amelia Dyer. She's said to be Britain's worst ever serial killer. She was born in Bristol, England in 1836 to Samuel Hobley, a shoemaker, and Sarah Hobley, a homemaker. They weren't rich, but they did earn a decent living, and they lived in the little village of Pile March. I love the names in England, of like, oh, not just England, but in Europe, they have the cutest little names of mm-hmm. villages and stuff. Yeah. I'm like Pile. I live in Pile March. <laughs> Sorry, I'm amused. But her dad had a good reputation of being a master shoemaker, even outside of the village. And Amelia was the youngest of five siblings, and all the kids went to good schools. They had good educations. Amelia was smart. She had, she did, you know, had good grades, did well in literature. And she was known to have written quite a few poems and short stories. And that that impressed her teachers in school. She was she was just a top-notch kind of little kid. Mm-hmm. However, her mom got typhus or typhoid fever when she was growing up, and her mental health was severely impacted. Her mom's was. And this became a huge issue for their entire family. Her fever had gotten so high that it affected her brain and she became very violent. And the kids in the family were the ones who were taking the daily beatings. Oh, man. So it did also mess Amelia up mentally. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Historians believe that this affected Amelia's mental health by developing into an extreme rage and hatred just that she kept inside. And she just repressed it. Because unlike today, she couldn't do anything about it. There's no one that you can... Go to. No one's going to interfere back then. People were allowed yeah. to parent their kids the way that they parented their kids. So beating your child was your right. So no one was going to interfere. And Amelia started to slowly get depressed, but her depression really took hold when two of her sisters died, one in 1841 and the other in 1845, followed by the death of her mom in 1848. And Amelia... And Amelia moved in with her aunt for a while after this to try to help her recover from her loss. And while she was living with her aunt, she started an internship with a corset maker and learned the tricks of the trade. And she had decided that she was going to make a career out of this. So at first she was she was determined to still do something with her life, even though she suffered tragedy and yeah. and and had been beaten by her mother and stuff like that and stuff, you know, like she was still trying to make something mm-hmm. of herself. Her dad died shortly after her return home, though, in 1859, and her oldest brother, Thomas, took over the family business. But then Amelia and her other brother, James, had this major falling out. So she moved into a lodge in Bristol and became permanently estranged from her family, cutting all contact with them, which I think was a huge turning point for her. Mm, yeah, Because could... women in the 1800s living on their own and having no no one to turn to yeah is, like, unheard of. Usually right. you become prostitute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not... You have no way usually to support yourself, especially if you don't have a husband. Mm-hmm. But while living in Bristol, she met and married a man named George Thomas when she was 24 years old. So she did get herself a husband. She wasn't stupid and she didn't turn to prostitution.
1: No, that's that's a plus. Right?
0: George is rumored to have been twice her age, though. Oh. <laughs> like, well. like she she found a guy with one foot in the grave, you know. <laughs> but it's not 100% confirmed, though, that this was true. However, everything that I did find said That it was like he was he was double her age. And when they got married, they even he took um, years off of his age that he reported and she added years to her so that they could close the gap a little bit and not stand out so much. Ah. Right. So what we do know, though, is that he helped her join a nursing school to train to be a nurse. So he did support her, like not just as a husband, would a wife, but he he wanted her to actually be able to earn a living for herself and amelia seemed happy she had made some friends in the nursing field one helped her find her way into the baby farming industry which we'll we'll talk about that doesn't doesn't sound good
1: i know right well you know and the good thing like she's had some definitely ups and downs and she seems to be resilient and kind of bouncing back Mm -hmm. with things it seems so yeah but yeah, and then you have this person that kind of wonders in your life. Hey, let me tell you about this little, um
0: this thing, little backdoor thing that yeah, helps you make this little money.
1: Little gig I've got. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ex- you know, it, except she took it to a totally different area than it should have gone, mm. and, and we'll get into that. So, this friend actually moved to the U.S. to avoid authorities, though. So she wasn't on the up and up. Yeah, and she she goes to she gets on a ship and goes to America so that she doesn't get arrested. So she's most likely another angel maker. However, that's not what that industry was supposed to be about. Mm. Um, In 1869, George Thomas died and Amelia had no income because she had had to leave nursing when she gave birth to her own child. So she took up this baby farming thing. So baby farming was when moms would find out they were pregnant with an illegitimate child and needed to give them up. So they would pay a woman, usually a wet nurse, to take their child and find a family for them. It's, it's sort of a medieval adoption agency. Okay. So during that time period, illegitimate pregnancies were really bad. The women and babies would be banished from their families. Like they would be completely disowned. So this led to a surge in baby farming and several businesses invested in this practice. And with Amelia's nursing background, she was able to make good money out of this. She advertised and met potential clients and assured them that she was a well-trained nurse and a respectable married woman.
1: So this sounds like too before, abortion was a thing.
0: Abortion's so always been around, but, but yeah, yeah, not yeah, not the brutality not of it. Just yeah. like,
1: oh my gosh, I I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, I can't either.
1: So then you just have the baby and you you give it up mm-hmm. because you don't you didn't want it. But you, you didn't. Well, but you didn't do the abortion. You thing. didn't
0: want to be disowned by your family forever either. Like you needed yeah. that. Yeah, Everyone yeah. needs their family ties, especially sure. back then. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and your family didn't want that stain on their reputation. Oh, my mom, right. my, or oh, my when, daughter's a whore. Or like, how
1: they would send them off to, to places little places to have their child and, and secret. Yeah. I
0: think they still have places like that even around today. Probably. Which is crazy yeah. in this day and age. Right. But So she was well-mannered. She was well-spoken. She put an image out there that she was a refined woman. And a lot of people put themselves and their infants into her care. So they would stay with her until they gave birth and then leave their babies with her to to be looked after and nurse her, you know, mm-hmm. as a nurse for children. She had re- remarried in 1872, and she had a few more children of her own, but she ended up leaving her husband soon after and taking care of herself on her own. I
1: don't need a man.
0: It didn't really go into detail about why they separated, but she did leave her second husband. Okay. And her kids, I think. She left them all. Oh, geez. I know. So... She started to take weekly payments from the people she was helping, but out of greed for more money, she took in more infants than she could manage herself. So this led to her forming a plan to get rid of the babies. And before you knew it, a large number of babies started dying under her care. Mm. It was found that she was starving the infants to save money. And it said that she had injected the babies with some harmful chemicals that curbed their appetites. And this led to their deaths. One of the main chemicals she used was called Godfrey's cordial. It was also known as mother's friend. It was a syrup that had opium in it.
1: A mother's friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know, right? Okay. Let's just
0: drug our baby. So people started noticing this, and they notified police when the number of infant deaths had really increased. Eventually, in 1879, she was convicted of negligence, and she was sentenced to six months in prison. So you would think that she would learn, right? Mm -hmm. While she was in prison, she became mentally unstable and was showing suicidal tendencies. She supposedly attempted suicide twice when she was forced to do extremely hard physical work in prison. And this just says that she was throwing a tantrum to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's what this tells me. Like, I don't actually want to work or I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here in prison and do nothing. But you guys are making me work, so I'm going to threaten suicide. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me just get out of having to do anything. Mm. But... Six months later, she's released from prison. She's very depressed for a long time, and she was sent to several different mental asylums because of her depression after she was released. But once she was able to pull herself out of her depression and get herself home, she returned to her baby farming practices. But this time, she was more careful what she did as she knew people were watching her closer since she had gone to prison for her bad practices in the same business. So she knew people were like, oh, don't trust that woman. She yeah. went to prison for this. She was killing uh, babies. Ooh. Yeah. So she would change towns more frequently, and she devised a plan to get rid of the baby's bodies this time And because before what she was doing was basically taking, like they would starve to death, right? And then she would take their bodies to a local doctor or coroner and mm. be like they died from stillbirth or they were... Um, Uh, they, they just wouldn't eat, you know, mom wasn't producing milk. Like she came up with all this stuff and got death certificates, but that's when they started noticing that she had quite a few babies that she was bringing to them for death certificates and started an investigation. Right. So this time she's like, Nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to go and just get rid of these bodies. So she hires a young woman named Jane Smith to help her do this, but Jane didn't know what she was doing. So Jane had no idea what she was doing. She yeah. thought these babies were legitimately dying and and oh, she thought yeah. she was helping Amelia. Yeah. yeah. So Amelia was careful not to let Jane know and she pretended to be this loving mother figure to shrug off any suspicion to her. Mm. She also didn't take the infants to doctors anymore to get the death certificate like I said. Yeah. So she learned from her experience and she would kill the babies in her care by strangling them to death with white tape. Like she had what? this um she had this white um Dressmaker tape, I think it was. Mm-hmm. From her corset
1: mm-hmm. learning skills.
0: Yeah. And then after she would strangle them to death, she would throw their corpses in the river Thames. And it was hard for doctors at this time to determine whether the babies were stillborn or murdered. So no one you know, took serious action against her. And the number of dead infants was growing by the day that they were finding in the river. Like wow. t- tons. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing to me here, too, is maybe it was pre-abortion in England or something, because how many babies are being born by women who are having illegitimate births? Right. Like, seriously, what is going on? Mm -hmm. The local police started to investigate, but there's no solid evidence against anyone at this point. So to protect herself more, Amelia is using aliases, and she's really aware that, that people are watching her. She's been arrested before, so she's not using her real name. Her appearance has also changed drastically um, because she was an alcoholic. So she was really hard to recognize. And I'll post pictures on our Instagram. She, she looks, when she's younger, she's actually pretty. But when you see the older pictures of her, I know there are 1800s, you know, daguerreotypes or whatever. Yeah. But she looks like a wicked witch. Mm. Like, you'd be like, what That's the? Rough. Yes, it's terrible that <clears throat> the alcohol changed her appearance that much. Mm. But all of this enabled her to baby farm for more than 2 decades and the total count of dead bodies was more than 300. Goodness gracious. Yeah, because of the growing number of protests that the police were seeing based on how many babies were being found, they finally began to take it seriously and they looked into the num, you know, the number of dead babies they were finding. They investigated the bodies that were found in the river and in 1896, they got a lead from a, a tape that was that had an address written on it. Like the tape that was wrapped oh, around the baby's neck. Okay. Oh, that's and,
1: weird.
0: Well, I guess they they did like they would write addresses on the the tape or whatever for when they were delivering them, and they they would still uh, use that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So it led police to track down Amelia using the address on the tape, and she was <laughs> arrested. So let me tell you a little bit more about this one, like how she got arrested, like what actually, you know, I'm going to give some detail on on a infant death. So a popular barmaid named Evelina Marmon gave birth to an illegitimate daughter named Doris in a boarding house. She tried to find a family to adopt her to, and she ran an ad in the newspaper that said, quote, wanted respectable woman to take a young child, end quote. Her plan was to go back to work and eventually get her child back later. So next to Evelina's ad was another ad that said, quote, married couple with no family would adopt a healthy child, nice country home, terms 10 pound. Because they had to pay for people to take their babies, right? Yeah yeah so end quote on that one, but Evelina was rare because she she wanted to keep her baby, she didn't want to give her up, but she had mm-hmm. to until she could earn enough money to, to take care of her. yeah, so this was always in evelina's mind that it was going to be a temporary thing. She mm-hmm. wanted Doris back, so Evelina responds to this ad about the country home, and a few days later she gets a letter from Amelia, but using a different name, and they agreed to some terms, and Amelia came to get Doris from Evelina. Evelina went with them all the way to Gloucester before she returned home without her baby and she was completely broken-hearted. Mm. So she gets a letter from Amelia saying that they made it back okay and Evelina wrote back but never heard from them after that. And she's freaking out. It was later learned that Evelina didn't go to to Reading where or not Evelina. Um Amelia. It was later learned that Amelia didn't go to Reading where she said she lived. She went to London where her 23-year-old daughter, Polly, was living. Okay. So she still had contact with her kids, even yeah. though she abandoned them. Hmm. So there, Amelia found um, some tape, to, you know, some edging tape used in dressmaking and wound it twice around the baby's neck, Doris's neck, and tied it in a knot. She later told police that she liked to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was soon all over for them. Wow. So she literally would sit there and watch the babies die. Oh, my God. After Doris died, the women wrapped the baby in a napkin. They kept some of the clothes Evelina has, you know, had sent with him, with the baby, and the rest were set aside to take to a pawn shop. They paid their rent, and the next day, they ended up with another baby named Harry. But they didn't have any tape around, so they took the tape off of Doris's neck and tied it around his. He was 13 months old. Oh, my goodness. He's over a year. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Wow. Then they stuffed both bodies into a carpet bag with some bricks to weigh it down. Then they headed to Reading, where she originally told Evelina she was going, and at a, at a secluded spot she knew well, she forced the carpet bag through the railings and into the River Thames. This is how they found, like, there, she didn't weigh it down enough. Okay. So this carpet bag floated. Floated up. Yeah. And they find these two bodies in there, yeah. a baby's bodies in there, and it mm-hmm. led, them to, led them to Miss Amelia. So while she's in custody, she confessed her crimes and told the police that they could identify her victims from the tape around their necks. And during her trial, she tried to save herself by trying to prove that she was insane. But it was later, later mm. proved that this was just a ploy and she was just trying to save herself from a death sentence. Mm-hmm. So six minutes six minutes later, after she confesses, she's found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. That's how fast <laughs> it happened. Jeez. Yeah, the jury was like, all right, you're guilty. Yep. You know, let's. Right. We don't even need to walk out of this room. We're just going to confer right here. Guilty? Mm. Guilty. Okay. Yeah. So during the three weeks before the hanging, she confessed to all the murders in front of a chaplain. And then on June 10th, 1896, she was hanged at Newgate Prison. Her last words were, quote, I have nothing to say, end quote. She mm. was hanged at 9 a.m. Wow. The exact number of her victims could never be confirmed, but the records of the dead bodies were covered and the testimonies by the mothers who took her services. It's estimated that she had murdered close to three or four hundred infants. My goodness. Yeah. A lot of people protested after this, and this led to countries, the country making adoption laws stricter and to develop child protection laws, which helped raise the profile of this fledgling company called National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children that was formed in 1884, but it, it they got enough... Recognition that they became a huge society that helped take care of children and protect wow. them, like a child protective services here in the okay. States. Okay. Yeah. So she earned the nickname Ogress of Reading, inspired a popular murder ballad to be written wow. about her. Huh. Yeah. As a neat little side note, she was alive and active at the same time as Jack the Ripper. So some people, you know, everyone loves conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Some people were con- theorizing that. that she was Jack the Ripper. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, which Some I think connection. is just yeah. I mean it's totally totally, totally redic- different ridiculous yeah. and, and not even close, but just a neat little tidbit. Mm-hmm. So that's our story, the Angel Maker, mm-hmm. Amelia Dyer.
1: All right. Well, let us know what you think and contact us at wickednesstruecrime True Crime at Yahoo.com. Check us out at our website at Wickedness True Crime and The Unknown.com and follow us on Instagram at Wickedness True Crime. Check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm/slash wickedness, where you can also support us if you feel like lending your support by clicking on that support button. cha mm-hmm. And last but not least, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast to help us get more listeners and so you don't miss another episode. And have a great week, y'all, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening and bye.
0: Bye.